to A Work in Progress. Thanks for downloading this episode. Today we're discussing the huge topic of resilience. I'm going to start with some definitions before Kim gives us some theories. The dictionary definition is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, toughness, and the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape, elasticity. The APA, the American Psychological Association, Their definition is the process and outcome of successfully adapting to difficult or challenging life experiences, especially through mental, emotional and behavioural flexibility and adjustment to external and internal demands. Huge definitions, Kim. Do you want to tell us more? They are really, really big, aren't they? Such is the subject of resilience. I first realised this when I was looking into resilience and um, it's very it's very big, I think, the subject, and very important. Yeah. And um, uh, the professor, Anne Marston, she is a resilience researcher, and she's, her book is called Ordinary Magic. And she says, here's another big definition for you, and then we will really get into the subject from our own perspective. So our, Anne Marston's um, definition is that resilience does not come from rare and special qualities, but from everyday magic of ordinary, normative human resources in the minds, brains and bodies of children, in their families and relationships and in their communities. So another big widespread view of resilience. So I think it's an internal and also takes into account the external, the, the communities. And and basically, I mean, an interpretation of that is that we all have an inherent capacity to be resilient. So there's that. So we've got that. We've got those resources within us. And we can also learn through experience, education and good nurturing. I think the other thing that that struck me when I was um, hearing about Anne Marston's work, yes, it's ordinary, not extraordinary and it can be learnt but also it's on a continuum and in that you may be resilient in some parts of your life but not in others which I think that's really interesting Um, and also I really like the fact that it's termed as a skill so you can develop that skill so like most skills you can develop resilience like building a muscle yeah, absolutely. Which takes time. You need to take our resilience to the gym and, and build that build that muscle. And I think that um, thinking about it as a skill, I think is really helpful because it's not a case of whether you've got it or you haven't. You can build it up. What do you think? What, what's your thoughts on resilience and in your work and in your life? I... I... I feel I've always been, no, I'm not going to say always. I, I know I'm I'm resilient now. I know that um, I've overcome huge things and adapted to being able to live with them and continued and my life has grown because of my adaptability and my resilience. But I do think... It's like you were saying about how some people are resilient in some places, but not in others, and how it's a skill that can be learned. And I wonder whether for some people it's something they're not keen to learn because they know how to be, oh, it's just so hard. Oh, it's so horrible. Um, 
you know, because it's sometimes maybe some people find that easier and that's their, their life choice, you know, and, and we're all entitled to make our own. Um, so it's interesting to see it as a skill because it's not something that I've deliberately set out to do. It's just something I've done. So it's a mindset thing as well, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. And, and a word that you mentioned there was um, adaptability. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is something that's really struck out for me in, in research and resilience. Um, I'm reminded that the APA definition talks about flexibility and adjustment. And those two things have really kind of made sense to me when I've looked at, the more I've looked at uh, resilience, that ability to to be flexible and adapt um, and also the thing about resilience is that it it's there needs to be some have been some adversity so resilience and adversity go hand in hand yeah. um, so al- almost like maybe we don't know how resilient we are until we have some adversity it's like that um the adage isn't it that you don't know how strong that we're, we're like tea bags we don't know how strong yeah. we are until we've been left in hot water um, or I've paraphrased that hugely, but um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, which I think it, exactly that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because I think I've been asked the question before is about, you know, what what is the difference between resilience and kind of perseverance? And, uh, you know, you can, you can persevere with things, but it doesn't mean to say that you've um, had adversity, whereas resilience is built upon adversity. Mm-hmm. Um, it is... I particularly liked, I came across um, a phrase that said that resilience is an awareness of how to use resources um, rather than their presence. So there's, you know, like say, you know, following on Anne Marston's work, we Mm -hmm. all have it. It's just whether we know we've got it. So that's awareness and also how to use the resources that we've got. So I think this really fits well with personal development is to knowing yourself with self-awareness yeah. to realise that you can build upon those those um, attributes that you have, which makes you more skilled at it. Um, some some ways in that, um, what, why is resilience important? Because it gives us strengths yeah. to overcome those hardships. Um, and if we haven't got resilience, we can buckle under the pressure um, and, and importantly, turn to unhealth, unhealthy ways to cope with stress. So that makes me think of default position, what I would call a default position, where you're going along, so times get tough, and then you kind of revert, you revert to your, if you like, coping strategies, and they're not always healthy, are they? Do you think, though, as a brief sort of tangent off, that society is almost set up to make those unhealthy ways to cope with stress more socially acceptable. You know, so people that, well, I've had a tough day, I'm going home for a gin. You know, whereas if they actually thought, well, why have I had a tough day? Why do I need that gin? Then that's building their resilience. But we're, we're, we live in a culture where alcohol is so readily available. It's so much part of our culture you know, all coming out of lockdown as we are now, so many people that are commenting on going, you know, being able to go back to the pub. Um, and yes, pubs are great hives of community and they're very valuable, but 
you know, it should be about the community and, and being with people rather than the alcohol. So do you think that's part of it, that we, we almost, our culture almost makes it easier for people not to develop their resilience? I think that's a really, really good question. And what it makes me think of is the quick fix. Yeah. Because that's something that I've become aware of. That quite, you know, a quick fix means taking a pill. It means, you know, like you say, reaching out for, you know, a, a, something that is unhealthy. Whereas what we've built this um, podcast on is a work in progress. We've yep. got that work bit there which is about actually taking maybe a different approach. And sometimes it's the harder approach. Yeah. Um, and you talked about, you know, having a, a hard day or a difficult day. And modern wor- our modern world is full of stress. Yeah. Um, and we get kind of conditioned to it, don't we, that we just, you know, accept it as part of life um, and get stuck in fight or flight. Yeah. So we get stuck in our... Uh, adrenaline zone some of that is good for us but of course it's about how much and uh resilience part of resilience can be one of the you know the basis of resilience or any sort of um calming of the stress response can be breathing yeah so it's it's those sim those things that are simple to do and simple not to do so taking a breath and like you said, asking those questions, why am why is this a bad time for me? What yeah. what can I do? Um, or you know, just taking that time to breathe, yeah, and getting into a bit of a more tranquil state. Yeah, and and there's no judgment there. I mean, sometimes we are all just so exhausted that we can just think, I just need a glass of wine, and I'm going to sit and chill in front of the TV, and that's fine. But it's just when that becomes a habit, isn't it? you know, we've about, we need to work out why those are the habits we have, you know, um, and to not stop doing it, but to try and understand why it's such an important part of, of why we're we're doing it. You know, with, with my work, I do a lot of work around intuitive eating and that's part of it too, you know, about using food as a substitute for something else and that's the same with alcohol isn't it or smoking or drugs or even exercise absolutely anything sometimes we'll put something in place to sort of it's like putting a a, an elastoplast on a broken leg isn't it you know you're dealing with the surface but not getting to the root of it and sometimes that's all we can deal with but it's about being aware about developing our resilience to be able to get into the nitty gritty of it and understand why, why do I need this to get through my day? You know, yeah. and, and trying to get to that root cause. Absolutely. And I wonder how often we think, you know, is that something that we would be likely to say, or oh, I need to develop my resilience? Probably not. Mm. Um, you know, resilience is a buzzword, isn't it? It's, yeah. You know, it's, well, it is in, in my world. It's, yeah. you know, a lot of research. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is it? What would we be likely to say? How about coping? Would we would I might say, oh, I need to cope with this or this is something I need to cope with but, rather than I need to build my resilience. Yeah. But even um, with, with coping, you sometimes that's all we can do sometimes without doubt. Yeah. You know, and again, no judgment. 
but sometimes we cope with things again using the elastoplast on a broken leg it's yeah you know we, we how long do we cope with something before we start trying to work out how to fix it how to feel I better really, about I it really like that analogy of the the elastoplast and putting a plaster on mm. because i think you can relate that to a lot a lot yeah. in life um i was just thinking about um i'd, I'd read something about three p's that hinder growing through adversity. And I thought these are really interesting. I think they're kind of quite cognitive in our, about our thoughts. So we've talked a little bit about our, you know, maybe we've had a bad day and how, what we think about that or a tough time. So the three Ps, one of them is permanence. So thinking that this tough time will last forever and I think that you could get really stuck in that. I've been you? there in the past. I certainly yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pervasiveness. That this thing that we're struggling with right at this moment will affect all areas of our life. And I, it really does. You know, because it is a, it's a, it feels like it does. But it re, re, you know, generally there are parts of our life that are better than this thing that is sort of taking us over. And personalized personalization is the third P, that it's affected us the most, like no one else. So we, you know, we are the we are the one that is that has been most affected, and and that really made sense to me. Those three P's. It's something to look out for, mm. and I guess you know a bit of um, perspective, which is something that we're going to do yep. um, in our next next series. We're going to look at pers perspective. I do love alliteration. And we... and we've now got permanence, pervasiveness, personalization, perspective in our podcast. <laughs> it's like a tongue twister. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well spotted. Um, so, yeah, those are our thoughts, really, I think. You know, those are the thoughts that are, or the patterns that we can get stuck in. And you mentioned patterns in the beginning. And um, and then, so that made me think about the role of positive emotions. And Barbara Fredrickson, I've talked uh, a bit about in terms of her book, Positivity. Mm -hmm. And the fact that those pos we can use positive emotions to counter uh, some of those uh, those things those p's that hinder um, because just as a reminder positive emotions broaden our thoughts and increase our creativity and our resilience mm -hmm. you know because we feel better we get more creative we get more creative with our thoughts and our actions um, what are your thoughts on that on the role of positive emotion Obviously, in the fact that the two of us are doing this together, the it, positive emotions are a huge part of of my life now. And like I said, when you were reading them out, the permanence and pervasiveness, I, I know I've lived in those before. Um, now, because, you know, I've now got a growth mindset and, and I, I work on things and I although it's always tiring, it doesn't matter how often you go into the root causes of issues, it's always tiring. Um, so now I know how to do that. But it is, again, you know, like I said, we're going to be talking about perspective in a little while uh, in another podcast. But for me, that is a huge part of it. So the instead of thinking this tough time will last forever, to think about 
well, what other tough times have I been in? Have they lasted forever? And to come at it from a different perspective. And, and that's the positive part for me, is that finding that, well, no, in between difficult times, there's been times of joy and happiness and perfect blandness as well. You know, where nothing exciting or miserable is happening. It's just plodding along. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm, I know that since I've started using... since I've been building my resilience, you know, I've become much more positive about pretty much everything. And even when it's something I'm not particularly positive about, because I have a positive perspective, <laughs> oh, all these peas, um, <laughs> because I have a positive perspective, it means that I can deal with it more, uh, more adequately, you know, even better oh. than adequately, you know, that I can pretty much deal with what life throws at me because I know that I've developed those tools and I, I really it's like you said at the beginning you know this is a skill set we can grow it's not something we're born with it's something we develop and, and that's why in schools at the moment they're doing a lot of work around growth mindset and that's about building their resilience from a young age because yeah you know we're not actually taught how to do it are we so you know, this all matters. It does matter to help us adapt to what's going on in our lives at whatever age or whatever stage. So, yeah. Yeah. What were what your thoughts? Well, it was interesting. What I heard there was confidence. Um, mm. You know, that's what I was picking out of there. And and then the also the other thing I thought is almost like a what comes first. I think that I think I've become aware of that though within these podcasts is thinking, well, they kind of are all interlinked. Yep. Who knows what comes first? Something comes first. And uh, uh, shortly I'm going to introduce the resilience map. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good, I found that to be quite a, really, a good tool to, uh, to look inward and learn from what's happened in the past. Because I think, you know, from a coaching model, quite often we're like, well, you know, where's, where's your goal? Where are you going to? But bearing in mind that we can learn from the past. Um, I just wanted to talk about resilience, sort of a personal view of resilience. Not necessarily in my work. Um, I think that's, I'll come on to that in a minute. It's a little bit different. But as a personal one, there's something that, I remember my my dad actually his his analogy for life was a game of uh, it, life is a game of snakes and ladders, and uh, dad's no longer with us with with me unfortunately but it it just really resonates with me um, about what he said there and I wrote about it I collected some sayings and writings together and then gave my own version of those and I wrote and I've written an ebook called on your website Gifts. isn't it your ebook it's on my website yeah yeah, yeah. so life's gifts it's a, so it's a collection of almost like sayings and what things mean to me so a written version of the podcast in a way <laughs> um anyway so resilience it, from my dad's point of view was like snakes and ladders and see if this resonates with you that that we can be going along and um and then we might come across a snake as at the board game and we go you know sliding down this snake and yet there are also ladders so there are also opportunities so really it's about 
what he was kind of capturing, I think, in that analogy of life as, as snakes and ladders was a as um, was a representation of crisis and opportunity, and uh, yeah, that really made sense to me. And we were thinking that you know when you go sliding down a snake, when you're having a crisis, it can feel like your world is crashing down around you. Um, and you can just keep going down and down, and then you, and then there will always be a ladder, and it's recognizing that ladder, and then moving up that ladder can be exhilarating and exciting, and that's the time to celebrate your successes and build your resilience. Um, yeah, and so that that's really my that's how I kind of look at resilience, and that's what I've written about. And I think the for me, resilience is knowing. I can handle it. I think that's a huge part of it, isn't it? It's even if we think, you know, you and I both run our own businesses. We're, we, we run social enterprises. It's been a much harder year for us in terms of funding not being available. We can't do fundraising, all of these things. And we could have both gone, giving up now. It's just too much. But we're both... You know, some people would say we're determined. Some people would say we're just damned stubborn. Um, but really, it is resilience, isn't it? It is like, well, no, I want to make this work and I can live through it. I've, I can make it work um, and it will be hard work and I'll adapt. And and, and that's, that's what we've shown, really, isn't it? You know, all businesses that have, especially the small, small businesses the one two three people ones we've all shown resilience at going through a really difficult time emotionally practically um you know monetary you know it's it's been a really tough time but we've we've all demonstrated resilience at getting through it um and being determined you know so maybe that's it you know resilience is another you perhaps we don't say we don't use the word resilience much, but perhaps there's other words we use that are you know, our version of it. You know, yeah. so I've often been told I'm very determined. I tend to feel I'm very stubborn. Um, yeah, same same, same coin, different sides. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, resilience no. is part of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there were some things that you know we talked about a skill. Um, and so with a, with a skill, it's like, how, how do you build that skill? And I think top of the list for me, which is a, a, a bit of a, a, a bit of a theme through mm. my work is self-care. Yeah. So I think if you're not in a really good, um, condition, uh, then you're going to find it harder when things knock you. So you, it was a protection for life's knocks, so a bit of self-care, I think, you know, knowing yourself, so maybe a bit of mindfulness, a bit of journaling, um, just also the way you're thinking, so healthy thoughts, and then something that when I think about resilience and um, I think about change and how we adapt to change and how flexible we are, so with change, there's a I'm reminded of the serenity prayer, yeah, which is accept the things I cannot change, 
and the courage to change things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And we're going to be looking at wisdom in our next podcast. But thinking about change, how do we manage change? Mm. And I think if we're in a good state ourselves, if we're the best that we can be, then change is maybe not so much of a challenge. And as you've described, we've been through huge changes, haven't we, with the pandemic? But I think it's important you touched on self-care there. And I know you're running a programme on that soon, aren't you? On on helping people become better at self-care. Um, and it's in June, isn't it, Kim? You're doing that? Is it June? Yeah, June? I'm going to start that in June. And because I, I've really realised that um, for me, looking at, uh, you know, is so important. And so I'm thinking if it's helping me, then hopefully it will help other people. Yeah. So I'm going to start that in June. But I think also something else you said there, it's about doing self-care, but knowing yourself. And that, I think mm. that's also really important is the knowing yourself. So for me, you know, we, we tend to think of self-care as sitting in baths full of bubbles and you know, things like that. And although that's wonderful at times, at other times for me personally, that's not a good way to self-care because with so many disabilities that I have, me getting out of the bath can actually cause more harm than me getting into the bath. And and that's important though, that sometimes it feels great, but I know myself well enough to know that sometimes my self-care is walking around monkey world all day, even though it will cause me pain later the sheer joy of being in my favourite place boosts me so much that I can deal with everything else. So self-care doesn't have to be just a bath with bubbles, whether it's bubble bath or champagne, whichever you prefer. It can be so many things and to be, and, and that's what your course would be brilliant for, would be to help people find what works for them and that we don't have to do the same as everybody else you know it doesn't have to be that way you know it's yeah. about knowing yes. who we are it's very very individual we're yeah. all so different and it, some things work for some and not for the others um i have used in my work before i've used uh, something called a resilience map and i wondered um, i was thinking let's let's just uh, if i describe that and maybe you could give the example of what's got you, what you would write in the map. So to give an example. So let's go for it. Yeah. Um, it's to raise awareness of your of the your own resilient behaviour. So, you know, just to become more aware of how resilient you are now. And then maybe the things that will carry you forward. So if you have a piece of paper, take a piece of paper and do uh, draw, draw a line down the middle and across the middle both ways so you've got four boxes and then the top left box is about social support so what is your social support like who who do you call upon for your social support and then the top right one is your coping strategies things that keep you moving through times of difficulty and you can interpret that in any way physically or you know just in general um, and then the bottom left-hand box is a box called sagacity, which is a word that I was introduced to not very long ago, uh, which means wisdom and insight. 
and uh, the box on the bottom right is solution seeking behavior or your problem solving what have you done what did you literally do to help yourself so i was wondering about you know you mentioned about the pandemic earlier on v and about how as a business you've you know it's been really difficult um if we use that as, a, as an example what would you put in that top left hand side box the social support what would go in there for you for me it would be it would be about talking to people so whether it would be talking to a friend because it's a personal thing or talking in a networking group or talking with other people that run social enterprises but whoever it is it's always about talking to people how about you you're the same so can so connection isn't it yeah definitely for for me that would be about i've written down talk to a friend that's what i would do it's all for always it and connection is so important um yeah so and then the top right one so coping strategies things that kept you moving let's say it could be physical it could be just keeping you going really so what coping strategy have you used For me, mine's probably quite extreme and I'm very much sort of, there's always things that you want to get done. Um, And if I'm feeling overwhelmed, because that's what happens when you've got so much to get done, I will think, who's going to die if I don't do this? No one. No one is. You know, so although my work is important, it doesn't mean that, you know, it's... I'm not going to die if I say right now that's I'm taking a day off today um Mm -hmm. you know no one else is going to either you know and it might mean I'm a day late or a few days late with some things but really that's not the most important things and the most important things is is again the taking care of yourself whatever self-care means to you and you know for me to like this past week I just had one day where I lay on the sofa and watch Call the Midwife all day um you know and it was lovely you know it's not something I'd want to do every day but for a day it was bliss I ate an easter egg lovely so um that was my coping for I just need to stop so that's what I'm going to do stopping taking some time out brilliant and so for me it was going going for a walk so that that would be my coping strategy Mm -hmm. getting out in nature go for a walk I have others but that was the one that I thought of when I was thinking about you know this this map so going for a walk and then we've got the sagacity box which is uh, bottom left so things the thing about sagacity it's about what wisdom or insight that we hold on to and it could be sayings it could be um, song lyrics it could be anything that's passed down you know sort of through generations to you so what, what would you put there? Again, I'm coming back to the P words, get in perspective. For me, mm. it's about not putting so much importance on things. They are obviously important, but they're not the be all and end all. Um, and knowing that we've all survived difficult things before and about, you know, again, just stopping it. It's with everything we do, Kim, it's overlapping again, isn't it? but Mm. about stopping and knowing that I can get up, dust myself off and carry on, but using perspective of the life I've lived to know that I have the wisdom to get through it. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, For me, when when the pandemic started, mine was was definitely, this too will pass. Mm -hmm. 
that was very strong. Um, and then since the, the ups and downs of that, you know, we've had, you know, period after period of uh, isolation, I've ne- my, my main saying now is, it is what it is. So I've I've seen a sh- I've heard a shift in my sagacity yeah. there, yeah. Um, and so the the last box the problem solving. What did you What have you done? What sort of actions have you taken in terms of um, helping you get through? For me, it's the analogy I can think of is. I think like most people at the beginning of all of this, we felt like we were floundering, like we could be drowning in, we're not knowing what's happening with with ourselves, with our families, with our lives bigger than that, the whole global impact. So for me, it was about, instead of just standing there paddling and, and treading water, I grabbed onto every life buoy I could find and got onto a raft and sailed off somewhere else. You know, so it's about, the problem solving this past year especially is about adapting and finding alternative things to do um you know thankfully my brain you know does come up with ideas quite rapidly so you know it, it's been it's been really hard without doubt and there's been a, i've had to take a lot of risks but it's also been really good that I can problem solve and say, well, I've got through worse. I can do this. Let's try this. What What's the worst that can happen? Um, yeah. So how about you? Well, I was thinking that what I um, immediately kind of kicked into was connection, uh, which is one of the things that I started with, wasn't it? Talking to a friend, but also with my problem solving, you know, knowing that we were socially isolated, what I did immediately was, you know, jumped onto Zoom. Luckily, I was familiar with it and have worked so much on Zoom, which is still, which is a connection for me. So that was my, that was my answer to the problem of social isolation was how can I connect differently? And that's exactly what I've done. Yeah. So, yeah. So thank you for doing that. What, what anyone listening, well, people listening, you know, you might like to try that for yourself. And the idea is that you you reflect on how you've got through in the past so that you can take that forward mm-hmm. and so that you always have it. So it's a map that you've got with you. Um, and you can also add things onto it so that in our talking today, you and you and I, V, you know, we might think of actually I've also done this yeah. or, you know, I, I could have done that. So you can add on to it and create this whole map of resilience which I think is, you know, you can put that in your toolkit. And also to remind themselves, you know, we tend to do things without thinking about them, but actually to other people, they're really good. So if you think, oh, I'm just really, like I say, I'm, I'm really stubborn. Yeah, but that's that's a good thing. You know, that's how I've got this far. So for the people listening to add all of these things that other people might not have that you just do because you take it for granted, because those will all will help you build your your ability to be resilient because you'll be aware of how many skills you have. Um, That's lovely. Yeah. And what I'm hearing there is focus on your strengths. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Kim, we always end with a, a quote. What's yours this time? 
Well, mine is uh, related to the flexibility and adaptability that has become clear for me when I've been looking at resilience. And it says, she stood in the storm and, the and when the wind did not blow her away, she adjusted her sails. And that's by Elizabeth Edwards. That is beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, I really like that quote. And it's got really strong imagery as well, hasn't it? It's got very strong. Yeah, I can see that boat. Yeah. That beautiful sea. Yeah. Uh, mine is by one of my favourite ever humans, Maya Angelou. And hers is, I can change, I can be changed by what happens to me, but I refuse to be reduced by it. Um, and she has so many quotes about so many things. And mm. yeah, I think that is summing up what resilience is to me. You know, it can change me, but it's not, you know, I'm not going to lessen myself because of hardship. But no, that's brilliant. Yeah. And actually you can um, grow. Yeah. You grow through it rather than reduce. You can expand through it. Yeah, definitely. So we've come to the end of another one, Kim. Uh, we look forward to sharing with you again. Thanks for listening. And please follow us on Instagram. Kim's on Instar Coaching CIC and I'm Venus CIC. If you have any questions or contributions or suggestions, please email us at a work in progress podcast, which is abbreviated to AWIP podmail at gmail.com or visit our website at positivityaworkinprogress.wordpress.com. Thank you. Whoa, whoa, whoa.